0: off the record, the after the news show that explores our community and provides you, KOTO listeners, with relevant information, interesting interviews, and answers to your questions. Here's your host, the KOTO news team.
1: Good evening, KOTO listeners. This is Julia Caulfield from the news. Team. I'm going to be your host this evening. That's a different um, intro to off the record than we typically run. I ran the wrong one, so it's fun to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> um, as I mentioned, we are at the beginning of election season. It feels kind of crazy that we're we're kicking off now, but there's a lot of stuff on the ballot this year. So we're, we're starting early. Um, tonight, we have the three candidates who are running for Telluride mayor. Um, as ballots are not out, if you're a keen voter and want to like write down some notes, jot down who your favorite person is for mayor, you can have that information once your ballot does get mailed out. We're going to start with some opening statements from the candidates, and then I have a bunch of prepared questions as well. But as a reminder, this is a call-in program, so if you have any questions, please give us a call, 970-728-4333. We'll answer the phone, keep you on the line, but let the person who's talking finish their, their thought. So hang on, hang on the line if you, we don't bring you on right away. Let me introduce our candidates. We have Teddy Errico. Jesse Ray Arguez and me and Fee, thank you all so much for being here and participating in this forum. Thanks for having
0: us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for doing it and putting it together on the heels of Blues and Bruce. <laughs> of
1: course. <laughs> um, we're just going to kind of go through go through the group, and Teddy will start with you with your opening statement.
0: Okay, great. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm Teddy Errico, and I'm thrilled to announce my candidacy for mayor in the upcoming election for our beloved town of Telluride. I've spent 25 of my 28 years right here in this community in the town of Telluride, and I can genuinely say that I love this place with all my heart. It's not just where I live, it's where my roots run deep. Our town has given so much to me, and now it's my turn to give back. I believe that leadership is the cornerstone of any thriving community, and I know I can provide the level of leadership that Telluride needs at this pivotal moment. We can do better, Transparency should be the bedrock of our government and committing to fostering unity within our community as locals, tourists, and second homeowners so we all can enjoy the spirit and beauty that is Telluride. As we look ahead, Telluride faces significant regional projects from the replacement and funding of the gondola to the expansion of the wastewater treatment plant and building a new medical center. We need a leader who can not only address immediate challenges but also lay the foundation for a prosperous future. I see opportunities for a collaboration on affordable housing and will work tirelessly and hand in hand with local governments and major employers to achieve this common goal. Moreover, I firmly believe that I can bridge the gap between the long-standing members of our community who have shaped Telluride into the vibrant town it is today and the younger generations who deserve a clear path to creating their lives here. In essence, the future of our cherished community depends on our ability to inspire hope foster unity and create a blueprint for the younger generations to lead us forward. And together we can make Telluride an even greater place to live, work, and thrive.
1: Jessie Ray, let's go to you.
2: Hi, my name is Jessie Ray Arguelles and I am running for mayor as well. I was born and raised in this town and there are three generations of my family. I think collectively we have all uh, participated or um, been in every single industry in this community, which gives me an intimate knowledge of the nuances of how this town works. I love representing this diverse community and working towards creative, sustainable, and equitable solutions for the many challenges we are all facing. As the only candidate who was born and raised in Tillerwood, I feel it's imperative to have the historic perspective of our community values. To help preserve what we all love in this magical valley, I love advocating for the most amount of good for the most amount of people. As the highest vote voter vote getter in the last election, it is clear where the voter confidence lies. Having grown up here, I have a unique appreciation for everyone in this community and the roles they play within our community. I have time and time again shown that I am fair, ethical, and represent everyone equally. I have shown true leadership under the most difficult circumstances when no one else could, and practiced transparency whether in council chambers or in my personal life. I have an intimate relationship with the Latin community not because I sit on a board or work for a nonprofit, but because we eat together, raise Kids together, dance together, and talk about work challenges together, support each other in our darkest moments as well, in our, in, as well as in our happiest moments. I do my homework prior to meetings in order to ensure the time management and a thorough knowledge of the needs of, and wants of people. I build bridges where many burn them. My agenda is simple it is to implement the, implement the most amount of good for the most amount of people. In addition to my six years of service on Town Council, I have also served on several boards and commissions. As dorm house president, I took a group of students to two peace conferences at Regis University. There, we met and did workshops with two Nobel Peace Prize winners. I sat on the Tyrade Farmers Market Board, was president of Mountain School Sprouts Board, and board member for Zero Waste Task Force. I volunteered for Tyrade AIDS Benefit, Muscular Dystrophy Association, and San Juan Riding Program. I currently serve on the San Miguel Watershed Coalition Board, the The Open Space Commission, the Ethics Commission, the Vending Subcommittee, Vice President, Block 23 Housing Corporation, Ecology Commission, Historic Architecture and Review Commission, Legal Publishing Subcommittee, and Gunnison Valley Transportation. Planning Region, Club 20 and Region 10. I also have attended two planning summits in Canmore, Alberta, and another in South Lake Tahoe. My commitment to this town is unwavering, and I truly call this place my home.
1: Thank you. Mian. we'll go to you.
3: Hi everyone, I'm Mian. When each of us came to Telluride for the first time, we were all drawn to this incredible community. A town full of risk-takers, adventurers, artists, and passionate community members. I want our future generations, our visitors, our part-time residents, to feel the same way when they enter this Box Canyon. That they've found their people, that they've found their home. I'm incredibly mindful that I'm a steward of this community for a short period of time, but I'm dedicated to making sure that I create a better place for all that are here now and for the generations that come behind us. I want a well-balanced community, one where the needs of business, the desires of our community for happy and healthy lives and the protection of our natural resources are all prioritized equally for a sustainable future. My leadership style allows for everyone's perspective to be heard and considered before a decision is made. Whether as Mayor Pro Tem or leading my own company, each each discussion, each project, each event is composed of multiple entities, each with their own particular set of needs, requirements, and viewpoints. Mutual understanding, complete transparency, collaboration, and consensus are always my goal in order for us to all reach a mutually beneficial decision. As Mayor Pro Tem, I am consistently actively working with staff, Council members, community stakeholders, and regional partners to fulfill each of the priorities that we have named as a council and as a town. Due to my strong working relationships and participation in these decision-making processes, if elected, I will be able to continue to move these discussions along in order to achieve our community goals. I can confidently guide our council in ensuring a path forward that will provide the economic and housing stability that our community desperately needs, while protecting the intangible cultural qualities that make Telluride the unique destination that it is. I'm so grateful to this town for their trust and their faith in me thus far, and I hope to continue to lead us forward together in the future.
1: Thank you. Um, As mayor, you are obviously one of seven on town council, but you are kind of in that leadership position as the head of that board board. How would you describe your leadership style, and how does that fit into um, being the the head of that seven person um, group that makes decisions for our town? And Jesse Ray, we'll start with you.
2: Okay, um, you know it's funny actually. Like on paper, I think the biggest difference between town council members and mayor is that the mayor creates the agenda however I think the personal responsibility and the leadership is what kind of defines uh, what really makes the, the goal different it's not the responsibilities per se per our town charter but like how you run a meeting, the issues that you do put on our agenda. And I feel like being able to be a, pr- a problem solver and someone that, who can negotiate is really important. But I also think it's important to have a voice that isn't af- afraid to say the really hard things, you know, address the elephant in the room. And I think we found ourselves in this community in a place where we're very divided. Um, and it's the division seems to be only gaining only getting bigger so I think we need someone like me who can bring both sides of the of the issues together and find some sort of resolution but at the same time be someone maybe that will bring up um a harder decision and get some backing for that
1: thank you me we'll go to you sure I think I
3: accidentally answered a little bit of this in my <laughs> first comments <laughs> but I think One of the things that's most important in a leader is being able to bring everybody to the table, to be able to bring everybody to the conversation, to ensure that all perspectives, all voices are heard on whatever subject matter is being discussed and the reason we want to do that is because we want these decisions that we are making as a council you know, as the seven of us to be the decisions that are right for the community as a whole. Every decision that we make has got to be for the greater good of this town and and also for this region as well and so as a leader that consensus building and driving to that particular point has always been my methodology because ultimately by taking into account everyone's perspective and bringing everyone to consensus we can rally the entire community around these causes that that are really big, these challenges that we have, that we will be facing over the next four years. It is vital that we have a community that can work together, that can find common ground and have representation, you know, for their voices, whether it's one council member or another or a board chairman. We want to make sure that everyone's perspective is considered when we make the decision so we can make the right decision for our community as together
1: as a community. Thank you.
0: Teddy, we'll go to you. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, you know, my leadership style within the council um, as equal members and just someone who, um, as mentioned, runs the meetings, creates the agenda, is first and foremost to create a platform where every single person on town council is comfortable. I think that when, when people realize they're in a situation um, at a little bit more ease and and their freedom to discuss what's on their mind to try to come up with the best solutions of Telluride will foster the best results for us as a community. So that's my first goal. And then along those lines is creating a healthy uh, meeting in terms of making sure our discussions are civil, making sure there's a level of respect between one another and a level of listening, uh, truly listening to everyone's topics before contributing. And hopefully um, that will end up in creating you know, a better ride for everybody.
2: Julie, I forgot one thing, but I'm sure that we can all agree on this, is I think we all forgot to mention the incredible staff of of our tongue, and, like, we need we rely on them, too. So not only do we need to listen to the community, but, like, relying on the expertise of our staff, too, is super important. So I just want to throw out some accolades to that. Absolutely. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Um, we're going to dive into our first kind of, like, topic area, and I... Bet it will come as no surprise that we're talking about housing. <laughs> um, it seems almost like from f- how I feel, there's been a shift over the past several years. Of A couple years ago, we were in a, a position where I feel like I was hearing a lot of, we can't just build our way out of this. We can't build our way out of this housing crisis. We have to think of collaborative, um, kind of out-of-the-box ways of thinking. And I feel like there's been a little bit of a shift to saying, we have to build our way out of this. That's the only way that we're going to... Um, Really tackle our housing crisis. What do you feel is the the main approach? Or obviously, it's going to be multifaceted. But what do you feel like is the approach that we need to take as a community to start tackling our housing crisis? And what would you do as mayor to take those steps? And, Mia, we'll start with you.
3: Sure. I think you hit the nail on the head. Both arguments are right. Um, we do need to build our way out of this situation, but it does need to be collaboratively. Um, you know, we've had, we've had several studies commissioned both in 2018 and then in 2020 that have given us a blueprint as to the number of units that we needed at that time. I think, unfortunately... Over the past few years, that number has proven um, to change quite a bit. And I think likely with the upcoming housing survey that we will be doing and study that we will be doing, we're going to be finding that we need more. And so when we need that much In this region, in this community, we know that we need to actually partner with all of the the entities that are here, whether it is the ski resort, whether it is Mountain Village, whether it is the county. And I think that's one of the things that we have started to do really well as a region. I've lived here for 22 years. I have not always seen this level of collaboration between the governmental entities and the private the private companies that also sort of serve as a de facto (laughs) government body at points in time, but we need to be able to work with all of the groups to be able to build the housing, whether it is um, our special interest groups like the fire department, the med center. Um, We are looking to build as much housing as humanly possible for all of our residents here. And I think by working together, we'll be able to do that very quickly as long as we continue to, work with each other through these public-private
0: partnerships.
1: Thank you. Teddy, we'll go to you.
0: Okay, thank you again. Um, You know, Mian has a great point, and I agree with her 100%, is that the um, collaboration that has to happen um, is paramount to our success in, in the housing crisis currently. Historically, You know, the Telluride region has done a wonderful job with some large-scale projects, such as the Meadows area, Mountain Village, and Lawson Hill, San Bernardo, and others. But for some reason, over the last 20 years or so, we've been very stagnant in creating larger communities and mixed-use communities that people can be proud of to call home, and we kind of have to get back to that and create that regional that regional vision because we are now a regional resort and the town of Telluride cannot um, solve the problems of the region. Everyone has to work together toward that common goal instead of doing a fragmented approach. And so whether that's putting the county, the town of mountain village Telluride together along with Um, TMVOA and maybe the five or seven largest employers to try to come up with the best ideas and then create a level of transparency For the people in our community community for what we're doing So when things come down the pike not only are people prepared for these decisions to come down But they feel like they can also be a part of the solution I'd argue that Telluride could be the most over-educated community in the country and we need to take advantage of how smart everybody is in our community to not only solve the affordable housing crisis, but many other things.
2: Thank you.
1: Jesse Ray, we'll go to you.
2: I think I'm going to, not only do I think we need to continue building affordable housing, but I also think that we need to utilize existing inventory, like a property tax credit out of the affordable housing fund for those who rent to local and based off the square footage of the rented unit, we could use the dollar amount which we subsidize new construction as a starting place to determine what the subsidy per square foot might be. I Again, I would love to see more collaborations. I feel like the town of Telluride has largely been uh, carrying the weight or the responsibility for building affordable housing. Um, with that said, I think with our new construction, I would really like to see some better quality units being like there's one thing building a ton of units there's another thing building units where things simply don't function or operate the right way um so i think we have some challenges in this and i do think it's going to be like a poo-poo platter of things like we're never going to meet the housing need you know but we do need to continue doing what we're doing do public private partnerships utilize existing inventory through incentives and then also keep like thinking out of the box, you know, like there's constantly new ideas and constantly new ways to get money and funding. You know, I want our taxpayers to feel like their dollars are being utilized to the best of its ability. Um so the challenge we're not coming we're not out of this yet and I don't know if we ever will be, but the other flip side of it too is we keep building all this housing and we're not focusing on healthy infrastructure needs. And so these two things need to happen in tandem. So you know, for building housing, we also need to have daycares in place. So there's, it's kind of a, a loaded question, you know, like it's not just about housing. It's also about all these other parts of what the community needs with the new housing.
1: All right. Looks like we have a call. So I'm going to have you pop those headphones on. Hi, you're live on Koto. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, you're live on Koto. No? All right. Try calling back. <coughs> um, I want to talk about the environment. Obviously, climate change, wildfire, the environment is a really important topic for Telluride specifically and the region at large. Do you think that Telluride is doing enough to face the challenges of climate change and issues when it comes to the environment? And what can or should the town be doing more of. And Teddy, we'll start with you.
0: Okay, great. You know, it's a a question that's challenging at all levels of government everywhere and trying to get, you know, that level of understanding the facts and what can you do at a variety of levels, not only locally, but that contribute regionally then um, into larger factions like nationwide because it's the problem with what's happening in the environment is trying to overcome the naysayers when we can see how it's affecting us, you know, whether it's snowf- snowfall, whether it's you know, fire mitigation, you know, and the list goes on and on and on. It's, we can all agree it's just different. And, you know, it's a topic for me that I need to be better educated on, but certainly um, I think we're doing a good job um, and trying our practices with our green building standards and how we try to foster recycling. And do we really know where that recycling goes? Um, you know, I'm new to the table here, so I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, I think, you know, what little I know we're about it. We're doing a good job and, and, and can be better. Jesse Ray.
2: Um, this is a big one and it's something that I have been super passionate about since I can like middle school. Um, the reality is, like yes, Telluride is doing an amazing job of reducing our greenhouse emissions. All everything that at Public Works, Karen Guglomoni, the Ecology Commission, um, Eco Action Partners, like we are doing a phenomenal job. What us doing great, like the the small amount that that will actually affect the world is almost n- not important. So if we could take what we're doing here to around the state, I think that would definitely make a difference. But You know, there's other things that we can do, too. When I was on Zero Waste Task Force, I learned that 70% of the trash that's removed from Tilerite is all oxygen. So, like, all these truckloads of stuff, 70% of that is just oxygen because we're not compacting anything. And, like, to Teddy's point, we don't know if things are being recycled. So, on this uh, task board, we were thinking about, like, breaking glass down here and mixing it in with cement or into golf sand traps. But... There need, we need money to do these things. You know, we need leaders to do this. We had John Grinspan um, try to lead a pretty rad recycle um, business down in Ilium, and it just lost funding. But, you know, there's a lot of layers to it. So I think Telluride, the time of Telluride itself, is doing good. But I think we need to take what we've, we've started and try and teach people around the state and regionally, you know, how to make a big impact because us alone won't get done what we need to get done.
1: Right. Sure. Um,
3: You know, as the the town, we are committed to some really aggressive goals that are laid out in the adopted Telluride Climate Action Plan. Um, There are lots of steps and lots of layers to this plan to pursue, that we're pursuing in order to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 70% in 2030, and then 95% in 2040 from our 2010 baselines. But like everybody just said, like we can certainly do more. I am so grateful to EcoAction Partners for really rallying the regional plan for everyone so that, you know, not only ourselves and Mountain Village and the county, but Ure and Montrose and our those counties are also stepping forward so we all are working together in tandem to continue to pursue the same goals and same initiatives because if we all start doing something even though we may not change what's going on worldwide from this town we are going to make this region a better place and the more that these behaviors become standardized before the more that they become the norm The more that they start to spread, we have an incredible population of second homeowners and part-time residents and visitors that come in. And when they see how easy it is, when they see the difference and how important this is to the people that live in the community that they care about, and they bring those initiatives, these practices back home It spreads, and we have to know that every little step is going to make a difference. And it's really, it is thanks to the sort of tireless work um, of our Ecology Commission, of EcoAction Partners, of the staff, of the people that have come and gone, you know, throughout the course of this conversation. But this is a conversation that needs to continue to occur until we know that we've healed this planet once and for all.
1: All right. Koto listeners, you are tuned into Off the Record. We're hosting a candidate forum with the three folks running for Telluride mayor. We have Teddy Arico, Jesse Ray Arguez, and Mian Fee. Um, I did source some questions from the community over the past few days, and I'm gonna pose some of those to you now. These are coming from your constituents. Um, I'm gonna kind of tag two of them together. The first part, would you support a mechanism for Lawson Hill or other folks who live in close proximity to participate by voting in town elections without annexation? And kind of separate from that bit, um, recognizing that there are a lot of folks who live in communities that are not Telluride but are very tied to this community, whether through um, friends, work, whatever that might be, how would you incorporate the um, issues that are important to those folks into your decision making. And Jesse Ray, we'll start with you.
2: Oh, this is a lot. Um, my, I worked for San Miguel County in the secretary of state in the elections department. And the best feeling I ever got was giving somebody their ballot, like the most fundamental democratic right we all have. So I will always advocate for more people to vote on more issues. my, Town of Telluride business sense is telling me that like we annexing, annexing annexing them into our community means property taxes. So there's there's a yes. I would love everybody to vote on these issues that a lot of them are are intimately affected by. You know, like a lot of the people that live out of town either work in town or own businesses in town. A lot of the decisions that we make affect them directly, and I feel like they should have a voice and and how things play out. And there, it's a two-part thing, too, because to be able to have that voice and that vote, you know, like, do we require people to annex into the town of Telluride? And a lot of those places, like Lawson Hill, you know, with our – oh, I can stop. No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> Keep going. Um, <laughs> if, 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 <laughs> like, it's the same person that keeps on if, calling. I'm like, we'll get to you, buddy. If I if promise. If you <laughs> are calling,
1: we're going to answer your – we're going to answer the phone, stay on the line, and then once these folks are done talking, then we'll bring you on the line
2: so our utility bylaws right, require that if we give anybody extended utilities, like through wastewater or water, they are automatically annexed into the town of Telluride. So when you have some of these other subdivisions like Lawson Hill, uh, Aldoussaro, they they sign a contract basically to not be annexed into the town of Telluride and we still grant them utility rights. Generally these areas have higher or increased water rates because they're not annexed in and it, it is sadly kind of a a baseline money thing. It's so, you know, it's, it would require revisiting that negotiation from, what, 25, 30 years ago of them not being annexed in, I think. and But I think the most important part of this and the takeaway from what I'm about to say is that the more amount of people that can vote on local issues or regional issues or federal issues, like, we need to hear from everybody, and voting is your most fundamental democratic right. So whatever we need to do to get more people to have a chance to express themselves and vote i'm for but i just want to make sure that we do it the right way with the most amount of due diligence so we can have like the best effect from it
1: me we'll go to you
3: sure i think as the telluride town council we have a fundamental responsibility to the region as a whole and i think that as council members we all are really mindful Of the effects of the decisions that we make not just within the parameters and the boundaries of the town of Telluride but what that does to our neighbors down Valley, our neighbors in Lawson in Aldo Soro in Mountain Village Um, this is a this is a very strong community, and the effects of the decisions that we make are really far-reaching. We do, as the town council, as the town, want that say. We want everybody participating in our local government, whether it is coming to make comment and public comment on the issues that matter the most, whether it's serving on our boards and commissions on multiple San Miguel County crossover positions that we have available, we want to hear everybody's voices. We want to hear how the decisions that we make will affect you because those people are our community. Those are our friends. Those are our families, especially as things get more expensive. Our, our people are moving further away, but they are still intrinsically tied to the town, and we want to be mindful of that. Um, as far as voters coming in from Lawson without annexation, I agree with Jesse. I really want more voters weighing in on the issues that matter we want to hear your voices lift it up to to tell us what it is that you want us to do and how you want us to lead I do think it's a really complicated question it's actually not one that's been posed to me before um so I it would it would take a lot of revisiting but it's as with everything here I think hearing the perspectives of everyone and making the decision that's right for the community as a whole is, is what I would like to do
0: Teddy. All right. I, generally, my philosophy is more people equals more democracy. And that's a great thing. And I would encourage ways of how we can get, you know, people to vote and people to contribute in the government decisions that impact the region. We have locals who've been here 30, 40, 50 years that know so much but feel so isolated because they don't live within the town limits and to be able to vote. And it would be great to extend that opportunity. But unfortunately, it's not an easy question to answer because if you allow them to vote without annexation, then you start getting into issues about funding. And for example, it could be a ballot issue and say that you're building something in Telluride Town Park that the town of Telluride funds, but you may get to vote on that issue even though it doesn't hurt you financially if you lived, say, in Lawson Hill. So although I'm all for it, and I think that putting more people, and as I mentioned earlier in the debate the intelligence level of our community having everyone contribute to make us a better community a better town a better region and remembering that when we behave well there's so many tourists and second second homeowners that take these values elsewhere it really shows you know how strong our community is and I'll summarize just by saying yes I'd love them to vote but it's not as easy of a question to answer because of those tax burdens and financial issues at play
1: we're going to try and get this. <laughs> Hi, you're
0: live on Koda. Turn off the radio here.
1: Uh, you know, looking at that,
3: those regional questions. Um, I've got two uh, regional problems that we're looking at, and I'm um, uh, like to hear your solutions on, on both of these. Uh, one is the Diamond Ridge project, which is uh, you know, in the
0: uh, uh, near the airport in the Deep Creek area which is currently in uh, court and you know what can we do to find a settlement on that issue that
3: it doesn't leave it um, as just a completely divisive issue? What can we do to um, meet everybody's needs? And secondly on the medical center what's
2: the problem at the medical center and how do we fix that besides just giving them blank checks? Thank you.
1: Thanks for your questions. Alright we have two in there. Well let's start with diamond ridge thoughts on diamond ridge and Mian, we'll start with you
3: oh fun <laughs> um, <laughs> you know diamond ridge has been an incredibly divisive issue throughout this community um because it actually is a juxtaposition of the two things that this community cares about the most it's people and it's open space the the project itself, the process it followed, I think was unfortunately inherently flawed. And I think right now, because of the lawsuits, because of what has gone on, we have this incredible opportunity to reset the entire process, to reset the entire conversation, to go back to square one and to start with community input and seeing, again, what it is that our community wants us to do as the town council in regards to this particular parcel of land and how we can address the needs for our workforce, our local housing, while keeping our open space um, preserves the way that the community also wants to see them.
1: Right, Teddy. It's
0: always an interesting topic. Good old Diamond Ridge. You know, we have such a need for housing that it would be great to see you know, a project completed up at Diamond Ridge, but unfortunately, by creating a process in secrecy, we developed a lack of trust with the immediate community members in that area, and I don't know if we can ever come back from that. And that's what we need to do in these decision-making processes, is cr- create that transparency, again, to repeat... Kind of my mantra is that we have lots of educated people here and we can put our heads together and come up with unbelievable solutions <laughs> instead of tr- trying to, you know, tax people with these burdens on their own and then maybe not coming up with the best solutions. And so I honestly don't know if we're going to be able to open that whole discussion again in a healthy manner and um, trying to solve that affordable housing issue in that specific location, even though we have a lot of time and a lot of money invested in it. And the only other thing I'll, I'll add in that community specifically, which is a little disappointing to me, is that we don't have the ability to add community amenities in that project. Um, you know, whether you think ball fields, restaurant space, commercial space, and really trying to make it a community. So somehow, whether it's money we've taken or not, you know, that process, as Mian mentioned, has to start over from square one. But i'm not sure if that's even possible with all the bridges that were burned you know on both sides of this matter and it's a tough one and it's going to continue to be a tough one
2: right jesse ray um i think that the concept of building a high density project like this for affordable housing is amazing and we could definitely utilize it you know i was one of two town council people that did not support this project from the beginning and not because i'm not for affordable housing i'm 100 percent for it i think that this community knows that what I wasn't for is a lack of due diligence and transparency behind the way this project went. Like there was zero impact study for traffic impacts, wildlife, you know, coexisting, like the way we approached it was just, it felt rushed. Um, We didn't look at, you know, why this piece of property was sitting there for sale for 18 years. And I feel like we, did a discredit to utilizing taxpayer dollars in in this this instance and to Teddy's point I think maybe we did burn some bridges that could be very difficult to repair I love a good challenge I think that we can work with the neighbors up there I don't think it's going to be anything like the original project or the grant that we got from the state of Colorado but there you know we there could there's still hope you know but this is a lesson to be learned to our town council to our regional collaborators that like there's something to be said for due diligence and transparency with the community. And and the biggest part with this challenge was networking with the neighbors up there to see, hey, we're thinking about doing this. Do you... What are the pros and cons for you? Like, what are some of the regulations or stipulations that you would like to see us do if we move forward? So, I think it could have been great. I think we put the, the cart before the horse. Is that how it goes? Yeah, we did that there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to
1: try and take another call. Hopefully, this person's on the line. Hi, you're live on Coto. Maybe. Hi, you're live on Coto. Hey, Julia. It's Kathleen. Hi. Do you have a question? I do. Go for it. Just right. um, I've heard the
3: Voodoo
2: Studios are one, one, around one million to build. I also have seen the latest numbers come out in Mountain Village for affordable housing to be around three hundred K plus for a one bedroom and one million for a three bedroom. Not affordable. How do we make affordable housing affordable?
1: Thanks for your question. That was one of the other questions somebody else submitted. so... But
2: we skipped over it's the second a, question.
1: I know, we'll yeah. get okay. to it.
0: So, do okay. you want to attack Kathleen's question first or go to the Medical we're Center? We're going to go back
1: to Med Center and then Enter. we're going to go to. Thanks, Kathleen.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Kathleen. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so, I get Med Center, is yeah, that correct? Yeah,
1: Teddy, you go first on Med Center. Okay. And I'm just going to, for folks who don't know, um, the Telluride Regional Medical Center recently went to local governments um, looking for some funding support. Um, due to challenges that they're having with their budget, they're without the support of local governments due to run out of money for all intents and purposes at the end of October. And so they recently went to the governments. The Med Center also has a mill levy on the ballot this November asking for additional funds from taxpayers. Teddy, go for it.
0: The Medical Center, you know, I'd like to say that I'd really like to think that the priority of a new Medical Center is something that we all can get behind. Not only as the town of Telluride, but as you know, the regional community and multiple governments and people that just have been through so many things, and with the current facility just being completely overmatched for what the needs of our community is, and you know, fortunately, you know, I've had to deal with issues that couldn't be tackled in Telluride on the health side of things and surgeries, and even have an appointment in Montrose tomorrow. So I understand that. What we're providing doesn't work for what our community is. And led by Deanna Colliker, they're doing as good of a job as they can and a wonderful job. But between the challenges of how a medical facility can be funded currently, we're going to lose services immediately if we do not fundraise for them in some type of capacity with this ballot issue and other initiatives that the governments have decided to chip in. And if we don't solve this problem that we've kicked down, kicked the can down the road for probably 15 to 20 years, it's going to be a problem for all of us to live in this community, you know, a, as good as we can with all the high-risk activities we do, and as the people in the community age. And so, it's just extremely important to me that we get a medical center and we get it as soon as possible. And the resources that the town of Telluride has, you know. It's not our facility, but we can be a leader to make sure it happens and make sure it happens with an affordable housing component and happens in a way that um, is good for our community. And, yeah, that may you know have to develop some land where, where people want to turn the clock back and think it's 1975 again, but that's just not reality, and we have to solve that problem immediately.
1: Jesse Ray.
2: Um... I, you know, since my first year on town council, six years ago, we've been talking with the medical center about them building a new facility because the needs of the community, A, weren't being met, and B, we had restrictions based on our size and location of the services that we could provide through the medical center. So in six years... We have not only made zero progress in finding a new location for the medical center. We've had to repurpose the old depot building during COVID, so there was an annex unit to serve the population through COVID. Um, and they and there's that there's that part right. Like this could have probably been a different situation had we. Been a little bit more motivated to address the needs of one of our most basic infrastructure needs six years ago. And it wasn't like six years ago when I got a town council, it was a problem. It had been a problem well before that. Then we have the funding thing. And as Dr. Colliker has reminded us, is like what's happening with the medical center as far as funding goes is not unique to the Telluride Medical Center. It's coast to coast. You know, the billing is off, insurance. Uh, workman's comp, like the medical system right now is failing the people that actually need to utilize medical care. So there's us helping out our medical center, which, you know, as my business mind is like, how can we prevent this happening ever again? Because it's a lot of money that we agreed to give them. But my duty is to make sure as an elected official that there is a medical center for our people to actually be able to access easily and our visitors. So without a doubt, we need to support the medical center no matter no matter what and help them get to a place where they don't need to ask for money ever again but you know this issue was an issue a while ago so this is another one of those examples with the town of Tyride and our regional partners where like we need to assist and help these infrastructure needs and service uh, agencies thrive in this community because the only people that are going to be affected are the, our voting population and us like to Teddy's point like He's used it so many times. Like, can you imagine <laughs> not? <laughs> can you imagine not having one here? Like, what if they shut it's their brutal. doors? Like, it's not okay. So, um, yeah, we have an obligation as an elected officials to make sure that there is medical service available here, twenty four seven. We have a phenomenal ER, um, and I will support whatever they need, hundred percent, for as long as I can.
1: Man. I'm
3: going to sort of answer this question pretty directly, because I think the, the question that was posed by the caller was, how can we solve this problem for the medical center? And I think ultimately, it's not our problem to solve, but it is our responsibility, both morally and in other ways, to support the medical center as they address the challenges that they are having. Um you know, the fundamental challenge that the medical center is dealing with right now is in regards to insurance funding and billing, mainly due to the designation that the medical center can achieve because of the size of the structure that it is in. I sit on a collaborative group with a number of Mountain Village Council people as well as Adrian Christie to help kind of guide this funding process, this temporary funding process that we've had to go through in order to support the Med Center as they make this transition and get through this hurdle. But um, but ultimately, this is not a new problem. This is something that is going on in every single rural healthcare center across the country and in larger hospitals as well. Insurance companies are paying pennies on the dollar for services that they are supposed to be insuring and then are community members are facing these huge bills, not realizing that the med center isn't even being paid by the insurance they're paying so much into. And we have, as a community, gone back and forth on the Med Center for a really long time and one of the things that the Town Council of Telluride has been working on really collaboratively with the San Miguel Valley Corp is the process of finding and creating a land a parcel of land where the, a larger medical center can be built. Because if we can build that larger medical center, they can achieve the designation that they need. And this designation isn't something that we can fill out paperwork for. It's not something that we can just get. It is literally down to the inches in a hallway. It's down to the number of beds that serve overnight. These are things that we literally just need a bigger center for. And so my... When I say how can we solve this problem, I mean, this is the responsibility of the community at large to support the people that are taking care of us in our times of crisis, that are taking care of our visitors when they need them the most. And we have that opportunity coming up in November to ensure that we have stable medical services within this community, because without those, we lose our safety, well, our safety and wellness safety net. We lose um, the ability to have our property values maintain a uh, stability, and we lose the ability to have this visitor population that's been coming in that we depend on so so des- so desperately.
1: All right, let's go to the housing question that we got. Noting that all of the local governments are building quote-unquote affordable housing, but I think a lot of folks look at these price tags and don't feel like they are actually affordable. What does, how can and what does the town need to do to build housing that actually fits in the budget of the folks who live here and would qualify for that housing? Jesse Ray, we'll start with you.
2: Um, All right, so there's a couple different things going on here. Um, I think that the misconception of the units of Voodoo costing $1 million we the town. I'm sorry. I think did take out a revenue bond to fund that project for 24 million dollars. And yes, there are 24 units. I think being built in there but it's not one million dollars per unit you know there's the whole commercial zone there's parking there's all of the infrastructure for utilities going in our price point on that project is not going to be like the new mountain village one which is yes one million dollars for three bedrooms so we're, we're not comparing apples to apples here one is like the cost to erect an entire building and the other one is a cost for sale um i think that Public private partnerships are a really good way to offset the subsidies that government spends on affordable housing. Um, I also think that you know through bonding and like specifically the bond that we took out on uh, Voodoo Lounge is another way where we don't totally utilize taxpayer dollars, but we borrow off of the revenue that's being generated from that unit. I don't know, Kathleen, if there is an easy answer. Again. <clears throat> affordable housing is going to be a challenge that this community and this region faces for a very long time. We're not unique to it, Um, you know, small mountain towns are dealing with this everywhere, but I do think that Telluride, price per square foot, whether it's rental or for sale, we're doing a really good job keeping things affordable. Um, I think some of our newer rental units, you know, out at Sunnyside, I know that there's been some complaints about if those are affordable, um, and I'd love to readdress that with with town and staff and and council to maybe adjust that and create some more subsidies. But again, you know, once we sign that revenue bond to help uh, pay for these projects, it's hard to go back. Um, It's just more doing research and impact studies uh, and private partner Pri- public-private partnerships, and other collaborations. So that's what I have to say. All
1: right. Mian, we'll go to you. <coughs> um,
3: affordable housing in the region is a really complex issue, um, and the best solutions that, we're, that we will look at are going to look different to different people. So we need to be able to create layers of solutions that address multiple situations. So whether it's our newest community members and temporary workforce or our longtime couples and families, our contributing artist community, um, we need to do so while still kind of predicting um, protecting our need for a predictable economy. We, Through the course of this short-term rental study, one of, the thing, one of the data points that has come out over and over again is that what truly is affordable to this population here, based on the AMI, based on the average salary that we are seeing for our households, is $350,000. That is when the numbers are run, when the math is completed, that's, what our, that's the price point for a for-sale unit. It, that's what it needs to be and so ultimately we have to drive at that number because that's what our community can afford comfortably while being able to support themselves while being able to save while being able to raise their children here in the community and so the way that we do that ultimately is by creating those strata of funding mechanisms for each project whether it is bonding whether it is private um, private public partnerships to be able to offset and subsidize the affordable housing. But ultimately that's exactly what we are going to need to do. There's no way around it. We will be subsidizing this housing until construction costs start to come down because we know that we need to build these, these projects. Now we need the roofs over our families and our community members heads. Um, and as the town, we have incredible revenue streams, both, um, from reallocated dollars and then some tax revenues that come off of the short-term rentals and a number of other different funds that we will use to be able to ensure that when we do build these homes for the people that live and work and thrive in this community, that we are building them and setting them at appropriate rates to allow them to be able to be happy and successful in their homes.
1: Teddy.
0: Great, thank you. Um... You know, it's it's not an easy question when you have to compete kind of in, you know, a capitalist economy when you're talking about what it costs for a subcontractor to do work on a project and materials and things like that. So we're always going to be behind the eight ball, and the easy answer is money. And, and you just need more money to do these projects, and that's that's the reality. But it's not as easy as just writing a check. So what can we do to make these projects more affordable in the short term and what can we do to continue to replenish the money that comes into the project like you know like the things that me and said and we're just going to have to you know get creative and does that mean we have to do more mixed use projects where a couple units go free market and sell at numbers to keep replenishing the funds do we need to figure out a way and i don't even know if this is possible to try to create subsidized mortgages because when all of a sudden in two years when the mortgage rates double from call it three three and a half percent to seven seven and a half percent that makes it extremely difficult do we have to come up with better ways on down payment assistance let's just say someone had five hundred thousand dollars in their budget and they can borrow that money but the lender requires them to put twenty percent down or even ten percent down I don't know very many people who have $50,000 lying around in a savings account that can help them purchase these units. So hopefully there's a couple avenues that we can pursue that can also help in a variety of ways to make these things more affordable than just hammering down on the costs. And I think that basically if we can, you know, get back to that collaboration of government, you know, some some locations have land as their asset, some have money as their asset, some have both. And how do we work together not only to solve this crisis, but I'd also like to see us solve this crisis in a way that when we put people in affordable housing and they're excited to be owners of it, can we also start working on ways and steps on how they can get in a less restrictive situation with their housing and maybe even get out of affordable housing um, from very restrictive to less restrictive, which I think would help everybody.
2: Julia, I would add, I I don't think that the average medium income thing is necessarily working anymore. I think because the cost of living here is so much higher than in most places. Like they say, you know, economists and financial advisors say that 30% of your income is supposed to go to like household needs, rent, utilities, all of that. I think in Telluride we spend about 70%. So I think we need to revisit how we're pricing things so that. The people that this is gonna affect the most don't pay their rent. You know, they get twenty two thousand five hundred dollars for a paycheck and then seventeen hundred of it goes to rent and they have seven hundred dollars in the month to live. Like that's not affordable. So we need to revisit the equations that we're using.
1: Got it. Um we are running out of time so fast, I'm gonna just beg Powserf's forgiveness because we're gonna go over, <laughs> I just know it. Um Knowing that a third of our population is Spanish-speaking, if you become mayor, how would you include these voices and empower that population? and we're going to you first.
3: Sure. One of the things that we have put into the budget for 2024 already is for simultaneous interpretation at our town council meetings. Um, a few months ago, we also brought on services called language Line, which translate all of our documentation full into really any language, so not just our Spanish-speaking languages, but into any language that any member of our population may speak so that they can fully understand the documentation that they're looking at. Um, it's really important that we continue to address the barriers to collaborative conversation so that communities can speak for themselves. And so, whether it is simple translation, which is not so simple after all, um, or it is also creating those moments where they can express themselves most specifically to be able to address the issues that matter to that community or to those family members. Um, best that's incredibly important. I sit on a, a group called CAFI, which does specifically work with our Spanish-speaking population on a number of matters. And one of the things that um, we have in that group is a fund called the Unidos Fund. And that fund is for emergencies. It's for the things that come up when um, they're not expected and, uh, you know, a cash, cash infusion or funding is needed to be able to get out of those situations or correct whatever the, the matter is. And that fund is is drastically reduced and generally it's reduced because of medical bills so kind of going back to the challenges that we have with um, with the med center as well these are these are not unique problems but they are unique when it comes to a population that sometimes cannot achieve health insurance due to documentation um, when there are a number of other challenges that they have based on their status and so Another component that the town council has done in order to create a little bit more equity for all of our people is to and we're going through this process now, so it has not been ratified, and we have not voted on it. It will be another work session, and then um, we'll go into it as an action item. But we have removed the status of the individuals that would be sitting on our boards and commissions. So you no longer need to be an elector, because if you are not a documented citizen, you cannot be an elector, but you are an integral and vital member of this community. And it is important that we have those voices to be able to color the conversations that we continue to have. So step-by-step, incremental we are going to continue this process to make sure that all members of our community feel heard and validated.
0: Teddy. Great. Yeah, that's a great question for me, especially as being a little bit new in in the political forums and and leads me to believe that I need to ask more questions of the Latino community because the one thing I do know and that this community has to understand is that without the Latino community our entire economy and our entire town falls apart. And so we need to embrace the inclusion of the Latinos to be a true member of our community and and really you know, foster the spirit that makes us all one community to be better at what we do. I'm not so sure exactly on how we accomplish that. And again, for me personally, it's asking a lot of questions to the Latino community on how we can accomplish that. But I think the first thing is, is everyone... Realistically looking at the, looking in the mirror at themselves and understanding how important that community is to the success of Telluride and 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 hopefully we can get to a place where they can feel more comfortable and more included you know and whether that's at the softball field or at a music festival or just walking down the street, you know those barriers need to be broken down better and we can do better
2: Jesse Ray. Um, I agree with Teddy and me, and I also want to add that, you know, I think that they add so much more than just an economic value. Um, My daughter's in the dual immersion program in the Terry Public School, and three of her best friends are all first-generation Americans, and they've helped her, you know, through her whole academic career being, like, kind of the only girl that didn't really speak English or speak Spanish fluently in the class, and that's been really important, and um, I feel like... Socially, they add so much to this community too. Um, There's more culture here. There's seeing quinceañeras on Main Street. I think is really incredible, just for our kids to see and and add some diversity, like visually. I can tell you right now that I have started talking to Josh Compt, probably two years ago, about making Telluride a sanctuary city. Um, I would love, and will, if if elected to mayor, will be bugging the sheriff's department. Every day until we can make San Miguel County a sanctuary county because that's what we need to do just because of our holding facility here in town. But I think that we have a right to an obligation to make sure that everybody who chooses to live here, regardless of where they're from, to feel comfortable and safe. And I feel like when we make them feel comfortable and safe, then we're going to see them start being a little more participatory in government things you know there's a lot of people that just want to tuck their heads and go to work and get their kids from school and they're afraid um so it's not all let's make them you know some of them can't vote they want to feel comfortable here and safe and that's what my job will be should i get elected mayor
1: all right um we are actively running out of time but we're gonna keep going forward um being mayor is a big job as you've all mentioned You're in charge of setting the agenda for Town Council. You're in charge of running the meetings for Town Council. You're kind of the face of the town in a lot of ways responsible for um, being up-to-date on all the issues that are coming before the Council. It takes time and effort and commitment. Um, Teddy, you currently serve as the chair of the Parks and Recreation Commission. Jesse Ray and me and you're both on Town Council. Um, Looking at attendance for those meetings in 2022 and 2023, Teddy, you've missed zero of the 19 meetings that Parks and Rec has held. Jesse Ray, you've missed or only attended partial um, 13 of the 46 total for town council. And man, you've missed two of the 46 for town council. With those numbers in mind, do you have the bandwidth to do this job? And why should voters trust you to do the job to the level that is required? Teddy, we'll start with you.
0: Well, I, I think that, you know, we all face different challenges in our community, and and make no mistake, unless you moved here with a barrel full of money, it's a hard place to make a living. So you have to balance how you make that living with what you can contribute to your community, and everyone only knows within themselves whether they contribute very little or a lot. I'm in a position where I'm lucky enough to have flexible work hours so I can continue to make a living, but also increase the level of participation kind of in an hourly type of way versus what I do for Parks and Rec to try to be the best mayor for my community and have that not be a hindrance because I'm not present um, in the meetings and the sub-meetings and and, and all the things that you need to do to to try to further this town. Um, But it is a, a significant commitment and All I can say is I hope that I'll be able to continue the track record that I've set as chair of the Parks and Rec Commission um, with that attendance and do the best I can um, to balance that life that we all, every single person in town can sympathize with. Because, you know, Mian has stepped up and given countless hours jesse ray has stepped up and given countless hours and many others have and do you want to sit on the sidelines and just see how town progresses or do you want to give up more of your free time to try to make telluride a better place and, and place certainly the three of us um love and cherish and and that's just a sacrifice you have to make
2: jesse ray so it was like my entire six years right no, that was last year and this year. Okay, um, I did miss meetings towards the end of the winter due to health problems. Um, if it did not just affect town council, I'm, I usually get seventy-five days on the mountain. I had twelve this past winter. I missed days with my daughter. The butcher at Clark's thought he was said I hadn't seen you in so long. I thought you were dead. Um, so I'm past that point in my life, thank goodness. Uh, And I feel really good. And, you know, being mayor after being six years on town council and a year and a half as mayor pro tem and sitting on the 14 boards that I currently sit on and also, you know, six years of being on town council and having a little, a huge illness kind of affect me for a couple of months, I don't think defines my dedication or my ability to be mayor. This is something that I don't need to do. It's something that I want to do. I am the only candidate that was born and raised here, and I'm the only candidate of, of color um, that has ever run for this position in southwest Colorado. So my heart is in this. Um, I think, well, that's all I'm going to say.
1: Mean.
3: It's a tough question. Um, you know, I've had the opportunity to sit as mayor pro tem, and really to step into the role of mayor over the past few months. And it is a huge time commitment. Um, Like Jesse said, I also sit on 17 boards and commissions both here in the town of Telluride regionally and then statewide as well. And it is, this is a a full-time job. And to be able to do this and serve the population of the town of Telluride to the level in which they deserve to be served takes countless hours and countless effort to have those, because beyond the meetings, beyond the appointments, beyond everything else, having the constant conversations with council members, with community members about what it is that we need to do to be able to serve the community best, it takes time. And I think, I feel so grateful that Prior to running for mayor, I was able to sit as mayor pro tem in this seat to be able to serve sort of de facto as the mayor, because I really, truly understand the level of commitment that is required of this position to be able to do it well, to be able to do it to the expectations of our community at large. Um, We all miss meetings, right? Like, we've all had COVID, (laughs) so um, and we've all gotten sick, I think. Missing the meetings is something that we all do our best to avoid. But the real the real merit to who can do this job best is who can come in day after day after day and serve each and every person in this community, each and every viewpoint that exists within this town so that they are leading this community. I think that that's, it's not just leading council. It's not just... Leading the staff in the direction that we want it to be, but you are leading this community towards greater positive change. And
1: sorry, I mean, I'm going to end the same way Jesse did. Yeah, I think that's about it. I, I could go on forever. About this. Um, we're going to do. Gosh, I, I'm being the worst. I'm just like we're going to run over. Um, we're going to do quick, rapid-fire round before our closing statement. So these are one-word answers only. Billboy. Yeah.
2: Does maybe count? No. <laughs> huh? How <about> um,
1: <laughs> we have touched on a lot of issues, but also there's countless issues that we haven't made it to in this hour plus. What is the most pressing issue we haven't talked about that you think is facing Telluride, Jesse Ray?
2: Oh, why me first? Um, equity.
1: Man um transparency
0: teddy unity
1: if you were to divine if you were to define your hopeful mayorship as a genre of music what would it be man oh my
3: god um
2: i'm just gonna go hip-hop teddy eclectic jesse ray House music. <laughs> All right.
1: In one word, what sets you apart from the other candidates running for mayor? Teddy. Leadership. Jesse Ray. Local. and. Experience. All right. And with that, we'll finally get to our closing statements. Thank you for uh, listeners for listening over a little bit. We appreciate you. Um, Mian, we're going to start with you and go the other way for, for this one.
3: Okay. Um... Given where we stand as a community and the opportunities we have in front of us, the next four years are likely to be some of the most important in this town's history. And the town of Telluride deserves a mayor with the experience, relationships, and knowledge to ensure that the town will be better off in four years than it is today. Simply loving this community isn't enough right now. In the next four years, the mayor has to be capable of increasing the number of workforce housing units through construction, incentives, and public-private partnerships. The mayor must finalize funding and begin construction on the new wastewater treatment plant and set the operation maintenance plan, site design, and replacement financing for the gondola, all while preparing our economy and community for the effects of a seasonal closure during its replacement. The mayor must support the Telluride Medical Center in their efforts to create a financially stable facility while continuing to provide the quality of care our community requires. The mayor must facilitate a healthy regional economy and provide the tools and support that our local businesses deserve. I believe that I am the person that can do all of this while creating a transparent, informed, inclusive, and equitable government in which our community members can be active participants in the discussion of the matters they care about the most. I look forward to serving the town of Telluride now and into the future.
2: Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Jesse Ray. Um, As a result of my wide range of professional work experiences, I possess a keen understanding of the local economy and I have been able to establish strong relationships with many different members of the Telluride community. I'm a problem solver, a networker, a fundraiser, a mother, an advocate for everybody in this community, a friend, a business owner, a waitress, a volunteer extraordinaire a ski coach, a daughter, an outdoor enthusiast, and a multitasker. I'm also a self-motivator, a lover of music, a companion, a fighter for environmental sustainability, and a dog lover. But most of all, I'm the one who is ready to roll up my sleeves for the people of this community and ensure that our long-term viability economically, socially, and and environmentally. I love representing our diverse, diverse community and working towards creative, sustainable, and equitable solutions for the many challenges we are all facing. As the only candidate who was born and raised in Tyride, I feel it is imperative to have the historic perspective of our community values to help preserve what we all love in this magical valley. I love advocating for the most amount of good for
0: the most amount of people.
1: Thank you. Teddy.
0: My closing statement is pretty simple. I humbly ask for your support, your ideas, and your passion as we embark on this journey together. Together, we can ensure that Telluride remains the special place we all hold dear to our hearts and that our future is as bright as our shared dreams. All I can ask of everyone is to get informed and vote. Vote for who you truly believe will do best for your community. If you don't know any of the three of us sitting here personally, Ask questions of other locals as we are all prominent members of this community and give back in a variety of ways to enhance its vibrancy. There are so many important decisions and contributions that the town of Telluride has to figure out over the next handful of years, so we need the best leadership possible, and that leader is me, Teddy Errico. (laughs) We all have room for improvement, and by working together and restoring respect and empathy, we can have it all living in the finest ski town in North America while fostering a sense of belonging that is unmatched anywhere else. Thank you for your consideration, and I look forward to serving you and our beloved town, if elected as your mayor.
1: Wonderful. Uh, Teddy, Jesse Ray, and me, and thank you all so much for joining um, our first Candidate forum of the season. We did it. Hmm. Um, thank
2: you. <laughs> Thanks, KOTIA. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks, listeners. Joy.
1: That is all the time we have this evening. Um, thank you to our listeners who listened and called in and provided questions. Um, KOTIA will be hosting election programming throughout October, the rest of September, October into uh, election day next tuesday september 26th and on october 3rd we'll have forums with the candidates running for telluride town council we're also going to have forums with the candidates running for school board we're going to broadcast the progressive women's caucus candidate forum an election program in spanish and a program looking at ballot measures this year all that leads up to election night november 7th you can tune in or you can find all of our election coverage on our website, KOTO.org, under the news tab. We're going to have a special breakdown just for election information. And ballots are going to be mailed out on Monday, October 16th. And, guys, it's National Voter Registration Day. So you can go check <laughs> your voter registration at GoVoteColorado.gov to make sure you're registered and ready to go win The ballots are mailed out. You can also register through Election Day in Colorado, which is pretty sick. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back next week with more Off the Record.
0: Thanks for listening to Off the Record. Opinions
1: expressed on this show are those of our guests. Join us again next week for another installment.
0: And in the meantime, drop us a line at news at KOTO.org with feedback and ideas.